What's up guys, it's Ryan from Windfall MTG, and here on this episode of Powering Up, I talk to Jordan and Nash about overpowered black spells, or more aptly, probably, black spells you should consider running. Um, we each composed a top 10 list, and this is the discussion we had. Hope you enjoy. Which one of you wants to start us off with your definition? That means your podcast. Dude, you said this last time. I did. <laughs> Consistent branding. <sighs> okay, my definition of consist or consistent. Consistent. Shut up. Uh, my definition of powerful is in the decks. They're good in. They are like far and above any other car in terms of their efficacy. I'll start next. Uh, when it comes to power level, I find that cards that are good on their own or shine the brightest in a specific niche in that color are the best cards. Yeah, I sort of had a similar way of thinking where they are either kind of auto-include cards, if you will, where if you're making a deck that is in this color, you're probably adding it. Or if you're... Um, Playing a specific archetype, it's one of the cards that is the foundation of the archetype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay, so who's gonna start us off? I mean, I think we all have tutors on our list. Yeah. Demonic tutor, vampiric tutor, imperial seal. For yeah. me, it's just demonic vampiric. I, I put demonic on my list. I'm trying to avoid like repeating the. Sorry about the yelling. <laughs> Close the door, right? yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have Demonic Vamp Imperial Cell on mine, personally, and... I mean, Demonic is the one I chose for this list, mainly because it's not too expensive also, so everyone... Yeah, not everyone, but, you know, anyone who has some money this one again can include it. It's, like anyone has a job. Yeah, basically. It's really... It's just an extra copy of any card you need at any given moment. It just says have any card in your deck but it costs two more that's it which is never bad yeah it's the reason why the difference between demonic and diabolic tutor is such a big deal that two mad difference it's like would you rather pay two more for something or four more yeah but i still think diabolic is pretty strong but it's definitely not in the top 10 like demonic or vampire yeah God damn. Dude, listening to yourself talk while you're talking is so weird. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the reason for that, like, that cough difference is really just about whether or not you want to use that tutor to get a piece, or do you need that tutor immediately to then cast it immediately. Like, for example, if I'm trying to cast, let's say, a Wrath of God, eight mana to cast a Wrath of God is a pretty hard sell, but six mana is doable. Yep. Or if you're just trying to get like a, you're falling behind, you're trying to get like your Ristic Study or something. You're already yeah. behind, so paying, paying five mana versus seven mana is such a big difference. Mm-hmm. Just to get your uh, little bit of draw online. Yeah, it's really why every mana counts for a tutor. That's why Grim Tutor is at the cusp of being good and bad. Uh, I, I mean, I consider it bad personally. It's double black as well. 
I feel like people don't account for manic symbols when they talk about like manic awesome cards, but I digress. Okay. All right, uh, in a similar vein to tutors, you have um, like tainted pack, dark consultation, demonic, demonic consultation. Okay, um, in doomsday, which are like not tutors in the traditional sense, but they let you set up for. Oh, some of them allow you to tutor, but they also let you set up for big wins, and they let you or instantaneous wins even. Yeah, they. They're tutors that pack a little more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I personally didn't have those on my list. Uh, I just, I think they are super strong cards, but not because of themselves, but just because of cards in the meta. Yeah. And I just personally don't enjoy how they play. I, mean, I like Doomsday, but the other two, mm -hmm. I don't enjoy how they play. And so I just didn't want to include them. If I, yeah. It. If I didn't do honorable mentions, my entire list would have been taken up with like seven tutors and these three cards, which wouldn't have been that fun. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I just put the amount of tutor and like vampire tutor and all that just one into the one spot because I just feel like they're all so similar to each other. They, they really shouldn't take more than one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do agree with that. Well. Mm -hmm. In a similar but different vein also, I want to talk about Entomb. Any of you guys have that on your list? Yes. Uh, I do not. What the fuck? You run Moldrotha where it's you- It's permanent. Yeah, but he literally loops an Entombment effect. He does. I <laughs> do. But- <laughs> I mean, I still think Entomb is borderline better than Demonic Tutor in decks that it's better, like, you know, you put a Entombment in a, in a um, Moldrotha, for instance, as we just said, it's mm -hmm. arguably better, if not the same as Demonic Tutor, just one mana and instant speed. Yeah. Yep. Like, don't get me wrong, Entombment is an incredibly powerful card. It, for me, it, it's just... It's one fault, is that it, it folds dies to grave hate. hate, yeah. It, mm -hmm. it's that's literally the only reason. card in the deck that's included, but... As soon as someone plays a rep, it's all but useless. But the thing about what's so great about Entomb is that it's one man, which means that the opportunity cost of it potentially dying in your hand is incredibly low. Well, and it's instant speed. And it's instant speed, so it's like... So when it blows up the uh, rip on their end, or on their, you know, end step before their turn, well, you, you can Entomb now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, that's a, a big th factor is that with low mana cost, you have it's not as risky to run such a risky spell. Yeah. Especially, I, I even think some of the higher cost versions of Entomb are still worth running, but... I believe the only one that exists is Unmarked Grave. What? There's also... The permanent-based ones. The two permanent Oh yeah, the permanent ones. ones. Oh yeah, I forgot about those ones. Yeah. There's, um... Buried or... Buried Alive. Buried Alive? Mm-hmm. Um... And there's another one that used to be ran. There's more that don't matter. Um, but yeah, the one that really matters is Entomb. It's just like an all-star. But that mm -hmm. effect as a whole is really strong. Okay, so for me, instead of putting Entomb, I put in Reanimate. Oh, I have that lower on my list, yeah. I have that on mine as well. Dude, one mana bring anything back. Because again, we're talking about opportunity cost. It's incredibly cheap. Life is a resource. So yeah, just one mana, 
put target creature from any graveyard onto the battlefield you control and you lose likely to its power into its cmc like that's anyone's willing to pay for that Ooh, i'll just deal a new mug new mug typically that's the one entombed yeah before it gets <laughs> yeah but yeah it's just there's so much play patterns around reanimate and especially because of the fact that either you can hand pick your own graveyard to set for a reanimate or deal someone else's best creature in their graveyard with that reanimate and get a huge advantage without having to spend much mana at all yeah also in the same vein animate dead is a pretty strong card it's one more mana but it's you know there's like yeah if you're running low on life and that's like kind of the big trade-off that caused it to not make my list but i completely agree with the reanimate yeah i, I definitely agree with animate dead too it's just that um, it's depending on which one you're willing to risk and with certain strategies reanimate comes even better like putting reanimating a villas Ooh, mm, cool yeah, yeah. actually speaking of villas on my list i have another common reanimate target um razaketh and to a lesser extent villas grave himself. titan and villas himself yeah but the i think the best reanimate target is razaketh because he's a demonic tutor on a stick on a very big terrifying stick yeah especially in like a deck that's just trying to get a lot of tokens small creatures out to be able to tutor like you know you're playing apostles or something <laughs> all your apostles now just become demonic tutor instead of apostles six so bad. i know and, and then the fact that it's an 8-8 flying trampler is terrifying that's literally killing a person four in five turns you guys attack <laughs> yeah what is this casuals <laughs> and even if it does it it's just still an 8-8 that can block for days that's most creatures are most creatures are rarely going to be bigger than eight eight, eight tough power and toughness like it's that's gonna be rare unless you're trying to go for a huge choppy deck but besides that it's like nope not happening they just plink that's what that's what he does. He just flicks people off with a flick of his finger. He does indeed. And you know who else does? One of my cards, Gray Merchant. Yes. Uh, whatever the hell it is. Asphodel. Asphodel, yeah. I just didn't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> um Yeah, he You gotta remember you gotta announce it right as Fodel, not Asphodel. <laughs> But he, <laughs> in my opinion, even a better win con than Razaketh or Villas, even. Yeah, but I still like Exsanguinate over him. We're all entitled to our own choices, even if they're wrong. Hey, I love Gary so much. He's yeah. one of my favorites. Again, I started out in Theros, so I grew to love him a lot, especially when I drafted him. Getting two or three copies in a single draft <laughs> and watching people cry. Because he was a common. Getting two or three in a single game as well. <laughs> of Commander. Yeah. I had a Torment on my list over Gary and Exsanguinate, but they were honorable mentions. Yeah, I also had Torment on my list as a different card because I feel like they serve different purposes. I also had Torment on my list. But yeah, the thing was what makes Gary so amazing is that he has an incredibly 
simple floor that's worth playing on its own without any other devotion card, any other cards you have for devotion. But the height, it's literally a kill spell, a, a kill all players spell. If you have any synergies around like flickering or cloning or reanimating him, then it becomes a kill in himself, even if you don't have more devotion cards. Yeah. Because on its own, it's you're t- dealing two to everyone and gaining thick life. That's so amazing. Whatever your commander has, assuming it's out. Yeah, what, what other other is plus whatever other devotions so like on its own. That's a yeah. six life. That's a six life. That's actually a twelve life swing. Yeah, that's a twelve life swing. That's incredible. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. On my list, I also had like ad nauseum and honorable mentions of Peer into the abyss and. Necropotence? Mm. Yeah, for me, uh, I had Ad Nauseum and Dark Confront as an auto mentions, and instead I put Necropotence in, in that spot just because I feel that with uh, Necropotence, pretty much any deck in black can somewhat reasonably run it without having to do any opportunity costs or have to make any changes to your deck. While with like and decks like Ad Nauseum, you really want to be like a life gain deck or a low CMC deck. Necro, Necro can fuck over its deck if it's a graveyard deck. Well, also Necropotence has a uh, Troll Black Pips. Uh, yeah. So which which is also... If you have three or more colors, I'd say. Yeah, Yeah, that, that's also a thing. But, uh, I actually had both of them on my list for different reasons because I view Ad Nauseum as like you know, your Blue Sun Zenith kind of card, a mass draw spell. Whereas uh, Necropotence, I view it as more like a Rhystic Study, sort of uh, cons- like consistent draw spell. Uh, mm-hmm. When I use Necro, I usually... You can use it as... There, 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 there are two types of decks. So in Rapdos, Necro is a Rhystic Study. But in, like, any other deck, that's remotely consistent on its own. Necro, I'm paying 37 and trying to end on end step. Yes, so, Zer player. Hey, Zer is fun. <laughs> and Wait, on the, all right, I don't think he's fun. On the topic of Dark Confidant, right? Because Jordan has that on his list? Yeah, there's an honorable mention, he said. Uh, yeah. I have uh, Bob slash Phyrexian Arena as one of my includes. Mm, that's a good one, yeah. Because I view those more so as like the Rhystic Studies of Black. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Uh, I think if you have a 2 off a curve, I think Bob is actually detrimental to you, but if you're playing like a low-to-the-ground deck, like a, like a deck that wants to run Ad Nauseum, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um... But I just think Phyrexian Arena is good overall, especially if you're trying to be uh, like a very resource, like uh, like depriving your opponents of resources instead of like being an explosive deck. Yeah. The only downside to Phyrexian Arena is the fact that it only it's only once on upkeep and drawing it late game can sometimes be a downer. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty but much it. Same with Sylvan Library though. In, in certain decks that want to abuse mainly paradox haze right <laughs> uh it does get a little better and yeah. Like, yeah so on to stuff like bob i want to talk about bolas's citadel 
That's a card I have on my list. Oh my god. I actually I completely forgot about I that. I actually grouped that with Necropotence as well. Because <laughs> uh, I viewed those two as my consistent sort form of uh, value. It's more mm-hmm. of explosive consistency. Actually, that, that is kind of like Necro. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're both permanent base card draw. And they let you pay light. And they both let you pay light for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but Bolas and Citadel is so strong. It also has a wind contact onto it for some reason. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's just like feature creep. It's ridiculous. Sorry, get yeah. I remember back when Bolas first came out and everyone thought, ooh, this is pretty cool. It was literally like for like a dollar for three months. And then suddenly out of nowhere it started spiking up to five dollars and now it's like around eight dollars now. It's like smothering ties, but instead of a few months it was a few days. <laughs> People learned from their mistakes. Yeah. I mean, yep. I should have gone off with smothering tide when I could have. I'm so stupid. Preach, dude, preach. <laughs> yeah. Um Anyone's up on others? But yeah, talking about uh, both Citadel, what what really de- separates it from Necropones is that it's a lot more explosive in that you could set up a whole board state all at once out of completely nowhere if it resolves. Yeah. And you get lucky. Like, just getting... It's a lot get, like Adnos in yeah. that sense. Yeah, in that just getting like two or three spells off of it, off the top, will make it more than worth what you pay for the cast Bolas Citadel. Yeah. Hell, even getting one sometimes. Depending mm-hmm. on what it is. Yeah, like playing a land, casting a th- Sylvan Library, casting a ramp spell, casting a couple creatures here and there, and then stopping is just, that's fine. That's or perfectly just fine. Casting, just casting a Razakath off top. <laughs> like, hey, like, it could get dangerous at times with how fast, how addictive it is to cash stuff on top, but at the same time, it's just so powerful. You see me play Yarok, man. I'll go to one life using it. You've already gone to one <laughs> life like three times in a single game with Yarok. That really annoyed me so much when that <laughs> happened. And the hey, worst part is, is I was life. the one responsible for that because I cast Chaos Warp and you got it off the top. I was so annoyed. Oh, boy. That was funny. All right. So, speaking of removal spells. Oh, I was going to go with... Shut up, I had a segue. Okay. <laughs> I have Feed the Swarm on my list. Yeah. That's, I had <laughs> I had like, that honorable mentions. I had I'm sorry, I'm just gonna go <laughs> My card, I'm going. <laughs> it's it's just necessary in mono black. I don't want to run it. Also Rakdos. And Miraculous, yeah. It's the only form of enchantment removal in black and black red as well. And so it's kind of necessary. Which, I mean, I don't like, but I have to include on the list for that reason. Dude, it's just, it, it, it's a niche that is only filled by this one card. Yeah, it is the only card in black that answers enchantments. So no matter how bad it is, you kind of have to run it. This is one of those, like, it's not OP because it's strong. It's OP because it's the only card with this effect and i find myself running it all the way up into uh three color decks like my grixis set i'd consider yeah. it a grixis but that's only because the only other answer to enchantments is bounce at that point yeah yeah it's the only permanent way to remove 
an enchantment. Yeah. In those three colors. And yeah, it's it's a steep cost, but if they're stacking you out, you gotta play it. Mm-hmm. Because like in t- every, before Zendikar Rising came, if you just want like a common, thank God for for it being common. <laughs> that oh, was rare. Yeah, dude, imagine if that was yeah, that'd be like a thirty dollar rare. Just because of EDH as well. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, the only way to get rid of enchantments was through colorless effects like Nugan or uh, what's that? Yeah, character resistance, right? Stupid seven. Yes, five Wasn't there an antiquities card? No, that's the artifacts. Oh, the Gates of Rex, yeah. God, I debated putting that. Isn't that still the reserve only- list as well? Uh, it's not only it's, it's just the only uh, re- uh, repeated way, repeatable way. Uh, there are other ways in mono black. I think there's one other way. I just don't recall what it is. I I also, I'm pretty sure there is one other don't way, but I'm pretty sure it's like over costed and like. Nowhere yeah, close to where like it's running. I spell from Mirrodin. No, no, maybe Mirrodin. I think there's a five mana black spell in Mirrodin. I could be wrong. Whatever. Right, moving on. They also don't have artifact removal. <laughs> Mono black sucks. Yeah. So next I have is Grave Pact in the same sense, Dictate of Erebos. I debated putting those. Oh, not specifically those, but um aristocrats payoffs if you will mm-hmm. on my list but i didn't specifically i was actually thinking uh liliana dreadhorde general mm-hmm. as one and your grave pack was also one that i did uh, think about mm-hmm. the grave pack the the only reason i'd be like not inclined to include those is they don't hit every deck for instance if your verse is a spell slinger or some sorts of like they can't keep their mystics what they can't keep their mystics remember <laughs> it hurts spell slinger more i'd say if you go wide you at least get a, you have sacrifice fodder if you're spell slinger you have like one or two creature key creatures then it completely can neuter your deck well, it depends on the type of spell slinger. Like Mystics, yeah, it would fuck Mystics. But if you're playing like um, Jaleva, yeah, Jaleva or Cast, like, maybe eh, Cast kind of. So DC, which is technically just an Adnos combo, but against combo, it's also yeah. pretty irrelevant. Oh no, my Scourge familiar. Let me use my mana ability. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, I have to stack Scourge. I still make infinite mana. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like for Grave Pact, its power is very uh, fluctuating based on what the matchup is and also based on the power level in some ways. But the thing about it is that it's board control that is often pretty much free. And borderline oppressive in some matchups. Yeah, in yes. some Like, for my for when I used to have a Kiri, I literally bring an assault suit just to play against that. Because there was literally no other answer to it, and it was the and it's the biggest weakness of Voltron decks. Yeah, in my uh my Sisse deck I have Sigarda in there specifically for that. Mm-hmm. As well as um Tamio. They both do uh, I believe the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was the plus side of making it so you can't discard cards either, so. Yeah, and it's just, I have both in there, I guess, so you get one of the other ones somehow. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But because of a creature deck, it's just it's so detrimental when that does happen. I feel like if you're in green, I mean, like I know your Karametra as well runs uh, Sigarda. Mm -hmm. Just all creature decks that they can run it will run Sigarda because of Grave Pact and Dictate. Mm -hmm. Like if that's just how terrifying it is. You'll really want a singular card that protects against it. Yeah. And speaking of uh, Dictate of Erebos, uh, on my list, I actually have a card that would enable it, that being Visceros here. Yes! Yes. And I, I have an honorable mention of Yawgmoth. Yeah, because, I have a Zerseer, and Yawgmoth is also an honorable. Yeah, uh, because both are just kind of the enablers of black-based aristocrats. Other yeah. than the altars that... Those are obviously colorless. Yeah, I mm -hmm. didn't include those because I didn't think they bring anything much more I mean, than just the altars. So the thing with Yawgmoth and Vistress here is both of them, for sacrificing creatures, give you card consistency and card filtering or card draw. Yeah. And I think that's borderline, depending on your deck, borderline better than the altars. Well, I mean, Altar of Dementia, it basically mills you a shit ton. That's different. Which acts as drawing most black decks. Because most black decks only have a few key reanimate spells, I'd say. Unless you're like playing Muldrotho or Caridor. Mm -hmm. Or like mm -hmm. something akin to that. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like, first is my Shire deck. I, I don't even run Ultra Dementia. Uh, so like my Sidisi, that's not even a graveyard deck, is running Five or six card reanimate package. I mean, like I reanimate, animate dead, and uh, dance with the dead. Mm -hmm. I don't that. So yeah, what makes Viserys here and yeah, uh, Yagmas so good is that it fulfills what Aristocrats deck wants, which is sack creatures, and then adds a little extra value to it, which is very uncommon nowadays with most uh, sack outlets. Most of them are either. Too expensive, one-offs. Two plus two. Would you include the three mana that scries? That's just an overcosted viscer share at that point. Well, it also has unearth, so you can play it from your bin. I oh, you're talking. Oh, wait, you're talking. You're talking about the one for with escape. The goat eater. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have an activation cost though. No. Nope. Sack a creature, you scry a card. Oh. It enters. It creates a goat, so it has something to sack. It yeah, I know. Sack. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, that's the downside. Yeah, it's just strictly worse viscerous here if you're just using it for the scry, and it also can't sacrifice itself, as you said. Yeah, but if it gets milled or destroyed, you can recast it I with mean, escape. Yeah. So that's a, that again. Sack outlets are incredibly powerful, and are in Wizards has been very careful about making creep cards with sack outlets, like. They're so strong that they're literally very keep very much keeping an eye on any card that could ever sack. To an extent. To an extent. They're either making it extremely overcosted activation costs now. Or have activation costs. Like for yeah. example, Razaketh is eight mana for a free sack outlet. You pay two life. And you pay two life too. Like there's two yeah, opportunity yeah. costs. There's two was, costs to it. I was thinking um Priest of Forgotten Gods. It requires oh yeah, Priest of Forgotten Gods, Thor Free Speed. Creatures and Acid Tap just on top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's also but borderline on the, on the list. Though. The main reason I didn't include those on my list is I thought they were on par with 
the colorless ones, and I didn't think they brought enough. I'd say this the Yog Moth provides it's, way more. This Spear specifically because it's one mana to play. Mm. Yeah, low opportunity cost. Sacrifice itself. Yeah, with no other cost, just sacrifice a creature, scry one. There's yeah. super low opportunity cost to use it. There's no real cost to putting it into play either. Mm. It's just one mana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like nobody is gonna want to go out of their way to destroy a Vistress here unless you specifically have a combo based around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you know altars, those give you mana. People don't like. Or they mill. Them. Or they mill. Nobody's gonna destroy the one. The Dude, that's the like best one. Unless you're Muldroth or Kara or something that can use the graveyard very well. Oh, I... <laughs> no one gives a fuck about the bird. The bird OP. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, do either of you guys have any more cards? Uh, I, I do. Uh, okay. I have uh, Toxic Deluge. I forgot that existed too. <laughs> To be fair, I was debating putting Damnation on, I just for Toxic Delia just slipped my mind. Oh, I probably that, that is pretty strong. I, it yeah. is, it, I would argue it's the strongest board wipe. It, it's so, a- Psych Rift is a board wipe. Okay, yeah, it's the strongest board wipe, but a board wipe is only an oh shit button. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's also- Now the- yeah, because out all the other board wipes, this board wipe is the cheapest, can have the greatest yeah, impact, and can be most capitalized upon. For example, yeah. you could just cast three, you lose one life to get rid of all the mana dorks. Or, let's say there's an Eldrazi Titan, it's indestructible, and you have no other way of dealing with it. Okay, I'll just pay ten, it's gone. Or, like, you're playing, you know, a, cre- uh, a deck that has, like, a, you, you play your Karametra, right? Let's say... Mm-hmm. How are you gonna destroy a god if it's you know it's, it's a Titans, yeah, yeah. right? You're playing a, a different like Athreos. You want to keep your Athreos alive. You just do minus four, kill everything on the board other than Athreos and maybe like one other creature. Yeah, yeah. I, I get why it's on the list. I just didn't remember. Yeah. Um. Uh. So next, I have uh, Malakir Rebirth. What is that? I debated putting that on, to be honest. I, I don't know what this spell so is. So it's a one black uh, mana, or one mana black instant for, I believe, uh, target creature. If it would, if target creature would die this turn, instead, bring it back to, so basically reanimate. Hmm. And if, uh, it comes back as well, so sort of like undying. Okay. Yeah, so choose target creature, you lose two life until end of turn, that creature gains, when this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped. Would the returned copy still have the effect? No. It's a, it's a, it's like a... Um, a new instance of yeah, the creature. But yeah, but it does trigger, like, enter the battlefield triggers, it triggers death triggers because it does die and come back. And it's only one mana, and it's a land. And it's a modal dual face. Okay, it's a land, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, what makes it so good is again one mana. You, at its at its floor, you can save one creature. No, or you know, actually, it's worth it. At its floor, you hit a tap land. At ceiling, it could save your best creature in a pinch. It, no, uh, the ceiling is save your best creature and redo its ETB trigger. You know. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. You, you, they kill yeah. your. Uh, what's that? Seven mana two three that got banned in standard for some fucking reason. What? Uh, opposition? No, opposition. Uh, uh, Agent of Treachery. 
Agent uh, Treachery. They kill your Agent Treachery, you reanimate, steal their best card. Yeah, it's it's this... so incredibly flexible. It's incredibly cheap. It's the instant speed. It sounds like a worse undying. It's it's a technically better, uh, technically worse, yeah. Because undying, it remembers that it still has undying. Yeah. So if you really you can infinite that. Whereas this, it does, it does have the floor of being a lane, but it's kind it of doesn't like, have the explosive ceiling of undying. And that's that's the trade-off. It's the trade-off of it has a very nice floor and a very decent ceiling. Yeah, I think it's very commander-specific where you'd want to, or what decks you'd want to play it in. Because I think I've only ever considered putting it into decks that are very commander dependent or also have a lot of cards i could use like to i just learned me shenanigans with like for me in my belladress wither rune deck i use my belladress wither rune lose two life to untap my lands tap all my lands kill belladress have a re-enter activate the ability again untap tap and then do stupid shit yeah that makes sense in that deck but or like my share i think that's a very very niche card this is the first time I'm hearing that the card exists. <laughs> and then I've, I've recently wanted to put in other decks because as I start playing it, I've, I've found that it's just been such a powerhouse. Because again, at the floor, it's a land when you don't, when you need the land in your hand. Like you're looking yeah. at your seven cards and it's like, okay, I have this spell I need to cast, this spell I really would like to cast, but I only have two lands. Oh wait, I have Malakir. I'll keep. Okay, I could see that. Uh, in a similar vein to that, actually, uh, did you consider Agadim's Awakening? I have considered that, yeah. Again, it th that's like the opposite of Malakir in that it has a, a good floor and a really great ceiling. Yeah, I, I mean, I considered that to put on those uh, before Malakir Rebirth was the thing. Mm -hmm. And if I did put um, one on, I would have considered the other, as the owner will mention. Uh, mm -hmm. I just wanted to bring that up. Okay. You have one more card on your Yeah, list? I do have one more card. That is actually Opposition Agent. Oh, shit. I forgot they printed that thing. Yeah, too. and similar yeah. to Feed the Swarm, I kind of... It's an auto-include. It, it's an auto-include. I don't want to include it, but I kind of feel like I have to. Yeah. Because it, it just hard counters so many decks and so many effects. Yeah, for like my Karametra deck, I can't ramp. You can't play the game. Yeah, it You're just... The way I want to play it, like, I can't super ramp. I legit was thinking the rules committee would ban that before Hull Breacher. Yeah. I think both and I probably they, are the same power level. Hull Breacher is a bit better simply because of the fact really that is, is definitely better simply because of the fact that regardless of what power level you're in, you want to draw cards. But in regardless. the casual metas. Opposition agent kind of just doesn't do anything. It grabs lands, dude. It's it grabs lands. All your ram. But that's not a big deal. Like, that's that's an annoyance at best. In DDH, that pretty much taps half your deck. Well, and dude, if you're though. running big mana, like big mana shit in casuals, and you're not allowed to use your three ramp spells in hand, you're basically being locked out by one card. Or, for instance, like you're playing against a, like just a Sissé deck or a Yisong, they physically... Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they just don't get to play. Yeah. 
But again, that's more of just like a niche situation where it's like whole breacher. Every deck wants to draw cards. Every deck mm -hmm. wants to do that at every power level. Whole breacher was obviously a bit too pushed because it yeah. replaced every draw other than the first, or other than the the draw for the draw phase specifically. Yeah, that and also, was so stupid. It should have been other than the first drop. But the fact that it was in blue was way blue. too pushed. Like, if it was in a color that was away from, because blue is the colors of, of is normally played in most wheel decks. Like, if it was white, it'd be it still. Been fun. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason why blurring uh, ties in white because the opportunity cost feels so color shifted too. Uh -huh. A little bit. Yeah, I feel like, like the was clearly more sh color shifted. Yeah, because white well, is a, like in and of itself. Yeah, because white in and of itself is a way of. We're getting off topic. <laughs> yeah, just kind of stupid. Yeah, so, so I have one honorable guys. mention. You have one more honorable mention. Well, you yes. have one more actual card. I, I do have one more actual card. Let's hear the actual card. So let's hear the actual card. This is kind of controversial, I think, especially with your statements earlier. I'm gonna mute you. <laughs> it's um dark ritual. Podcast over. No. <laughs> uh, so uh, I personally would disagree. I think it's very it, it's good when you need single use ramp. But I never see myself wanting or needing single-use ramp. Dude, I run that shit in everything. Even my Mogus... What's it? Mogus. Mogus Group Slug runs it. I can't yeah. think of a black deck I own that doesn't play Dark Ritual. What? Wooberg decks. My, um... You're stupid. If you put it in a Wooberg deck. Oh yeah, with Dark Ritual, it's just... It's really good fast mana. Like, really strong. It's... And I had honorable mentions of all the other Black Ritz, because... I'd say the only other one that's even considerable is Cabal. Like, fast mana is always going to be good. Ooh, it just really wait, depends on what bubbling, deck you're playing. Uh, the one that lets you sacrifice uh, Coal in the Week, as well. Coal yeah. in the Week for four mana, yeah, that's really strong. Specifically about the one that doubles all swamps? And there's also the risk of it's fast mana in that later in the game, fast mana doesn't do much. I, I tend to play a lot more. I here. personally think that overall, given like, yeah, high, uh, fast mana does very little to nothing late game. Mm. But I would still prefer it to be in the form of a rock. Yeah. Or in I, the form of, you know, mana ramp, like filtering my deck, getting a, a land out of my deck so I don't draw later. Mm -hmm. I don't know, being able to slam, like, higher mana stuff out of sequence is a pretty strong effect. Not disagreeing, just... I don't know. I, I also noticed that compared to you 2 I tend to build a lot more... Explosive decks? That, and, like... Resident even compared system. to you, I tend away from permanence more than I you. Know. <laughs> Who doesn't love themselves some enchantments? Dude. Enchantments are so bad. Zedru Enchantress. But, yeah, I I really like all the Black Rituals, and they're one of two? Maybe three, if you count High Tide and Dramatic. Um, 
they're one of like three colors that get the ability to cheat in mana. Yeah, but even in red, when I had like my Itali deck, which is trying to be explosive, get Itali out turn three, I ran minimal, if any, uh, rituals. I ran. I think I only ran Seething Song, and I like put that in at the very beginning. I think I ran Five in my Infinite Combat deck. That's different. That's a combo deck. And I run four of them in my two Stormless. That's Storm. That's different. Yeah. Those are the type of decks I play. <laughs> like the only time I ran Dark Ritual was in Yawgmoth. Heck, in Mogus stacks, I run two. The only deck I run Dark Ritual, I don't even run Cabal in it, is uh, Shire because of getting Shire sooner makes it so that yeah. I could get my, cre or my engine online sooner, but it's still awful because it's Shire. Mm -hmm. So, for me, for my honorable mentions, I actually have two uh, of them. Uh, one is Sir Conrad the Grim. He's that just one of my yeah. He's one of my favorite cards still because they could have done bleed cards. I forgot all about blood artists and yeah, all those other yeah. things. Sir Conrad is essentially a blood artist on crack in the He's in the way that you enough. want it to be. Yeah, and that's that's why it's an honorable. Five mana is a lot, but he does so much for five mana. Every time they go to the graveyard, every time they leave the graveyard. Yeah, but if you're reanimating him. If it's a single target reanimate, why there's better things to hit. And if it's a mass, well, you're winning on the spot. You probably were winning on the spot even without him. Wrong. We you, we all remember that game from our Wednesday stream. night stream. Mm -hmm. like, check out on the YouTube channel. Oh, nice plug. And then my second is Plague Crafter as a little favorite of mine. I also did debate putting Plague Crafter in um, because the decks it's oppressive in. It is. Holy shit, it's oppressive. Yeah. Because again, it's just a better fleshback marauder. It's a better executioner. It's it does so much because the thing with fleshback marauder executioner is that they stop doing stuff when there are no more creatures around. Playcrafter doesn't care if you have creatures. It wants you to have nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Takes cards from your hand as well. Takes your planeswalkers as well. I, the only deck I ran it in, I was underwhelmed with its performance. It was um, a a Marin like recurlist. Marin's outdated now. It feels like he's too slow now. Like uh, Marin's a great deck. As as just for a deck with a car like that, it just feels a, it's probably a bit too slow for that. Completely, I feel like yeah. Uh, like Marin's strong, but I just feel like Marin's more of a ninety-nine card nowadays, which is really but, sad to think about. Yeah, I wouldn't even put it in the ninety-nine. I feel like another card that uh, I forgot to mention for, uh, or not very much, but that I want to mention as well that uh, I didn't have my, on my list is Chupacabra. Mm -hmm. For the same reasons as, uh, or for similar reasons to Playcrafter, where it's like in decks that you can abuse it, like in my Yarok deck, for instance. I'm pretty sure it's the only creature that kills another creature for four mana with no, no downside. Restrictions or downside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you get to pick the target too, which is yeah. the big thing, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then because like with like uh, uh, Noxus Gearhulk, that's six mana as an artifact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so that's the fight there, but so six mana. 
Like six mm -hmm. mana for a kill spell is a lot, but four mana for an ETB kill spell, that's just as good. I forgot to mention another some, some older cards that kind of don't make the cut anymore. I was debating putting in a Leyline of the Void. Yeah, it's it's just gotten too slow. And there is a card that has taken over its place in my opinion, that being uh, Dothy Voidwalker. Yeah, Dothy Voidwalker. Uh, isn't there a one mana? Planner Void. Planner Void also. But yeah. that hits um, your own. So if you are a reanimate deck or graveyard deck, it's worse. Black deck should be splash and reanimate. Unless you like to like three or four color. And then you still have to reanimate the card, but I don't think you like to reanimate something. Like my deck that's not even running a reanimate sub theme happens to just be running a lot of reanimates because they're so good. The only reason I run them is it allows um me to reuse my commander's effect, uh, CDC. Yeah, yeah, that's different. Mm -hmm. That's different. Your commander sacrifices itself. Your pseudo aristocrats, come on. Heck, my Grixis storm runs reanimate spells. Uh, hmm. So is that everyone? I believe so. Okay. Now that you heard our opinions about the powerful black spells, what's your opinion? What black spells do you think are strong? Did we miss any? Uh, let us know in the comments, and please subscribe, like, share, all that good jazz. And if you liked our content and want to find more and you're not on YouTube, we do have a YouTube channel where we show off gameplay and other Commander-related topics. So you can check us out there. It's also under Windfall MTG. But until the next one, I'm Ryan, and thank you for watching.